Welcome back to the Summer Party Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Hannah. And we're welcoming you back to our final episode of Fangirl February. Everyone, cry it out with us. Um, because, but don't fear. Don't be sad yet. Because we still have a great episode to bring you. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are discussing our February book club pick, Rainbow Rowell's Fangirl. Yay, book club! Woo! Yay, reading! Woo! Yay! Yet yeah, another kind of a romance. Yeah, well this is, it's fully a YA, which I knew going in, we both read this book before, as we've talked about. Yes. But it had been about 10 years since I read it. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember the last time I read a YA book, Lizzie, so this kind of like, I was like, ooh, it felt kind of weird. Yeah, it was. I mean, they're, the main character is, like, in her freshman year of college. She's, like, 18. And that's, mm-hmm. she's, like, the youngest of the people, of the characters we really meet. So, yeah. luckily, it didn't, it wasn't too jarring. Yeah, like, it, but, you know, I occasionally will read books about college students. I can't bring myself anymore to read books about, like, high schoolers or anything. I just cannot relate. No. And if it had been, I don't think we could have done it. I especially can't read, like, a romance about high schoolers. No, 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 no. Um, but this, it is about college students. It is very much like a fade-to-black book, if you know you know. Yes. Um, but it's also, I mean, it's a good book. It's, it's uh, I was going to say, it's Eleanor and Park. It's Rainbow Rowell, um, yeah. who we all know is, is a good author, so... Um, you know, no complaints. I listened to the audiobook. Yeah, how was, was that? kind of a fun experience. Um, it was kind of fun. I did speed it up to almost 2.5 times speed. Was the narrator just kind of a slow narrator? or was Well, it- they were kind of a slow narrator. And even when it was, like, fast, like, at 1.5 times speed, I you know, I realized I just read so fast that it wasn't as fast as the words would be in my head. So I just sped it up real fast. There you go. Um, and you know what? I enjoyed it. But that means I didn't take any notes. So, Lizzie, we're going to be relying on you for the quotes. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. So, when did you read this first? Um, I was in high school. I have put it on my Goodreads as, like, maybe 2015. But it might have been before that. I'm not sure. I didn't have Goodreads at the time. Yeah. Um, but, um, but high school, probably. I didn't check to see when it said that I read it. I read it around the time I was reading the John Green books. So probably freshman year of high school. Yeah, I am 99% sure I know exactly when I read it. Yeah, okay. I read it exactly when I thought I read it. When so did you read it? I read this book exactly nine years ago this month. Oh my god. I read it February 2014. So I was 14. Um, Sounds about the time that I read it. And I read this exact copy of the book. Yeah, I have my original copy. I'm holding and it right now. I have not reread this since I read it for the first time. And mm-hmm. you'll see there's a lot of tabs going on. Mm-hmm. Are those from then or now? So these little plasticky ones that mm-hmm. are different colors are mine from this time reading it. But all these big pink ones... Are from when Ooh. I read it the first time. 
And I You're an annotator? I I have always been and will always be a sticky note fiend. Ooh. I don't I was not unless it was for AP Lit. I don't necessarily care about underlining. I don't necessarily care about highlighting or making notes, but a sticky tab to remind me of when something good has occurred. Mm. It's always there. Um Yeah. But so something interesting about this. I didn't realize this until I opened it up, is that um, when I was 14 and kind of like end of middle school, early high school, I went through a brief period where I would put a little sticky note at the front of my book Mm -hmm. after I finished reading it. With a song that I thought fit the vibe of the book. Oh, a song. Lizzie, I thought you said a psalm. And I was like, no. girl. <laughs> Jump scare. Um, no. Yeah. A song. Um, mm-hmm. And so there is there is such a sticky note <gasps> in here. Wait, song reveal. Song reveal. A song truly made famous for our generation. From the Shrek soundtrack. No, what is it? Accidentally in Love by Counting Crows. <laughs> Wait, you know that's what? such a good song. And you know what? I listened to it again today for probably the mm-hmm. first time in a few years, and I was like, I was right. Oh my god, you're like the um the Tumblr writers that like right. like put a song to listen to while you're while you're reading. Oh, and you know what? Let me tell you. Since this is wrapping up Fangirl February. I hate song fix. I song don't fix. always hate them, but sometimes it, de- it depends on who's writing. I feel like they are almost always poorly written. <laughs> yeah, probably you're probably right. Ugh. So there you go. That's my my hot my hot take for Fangirl February. But so Hannah, mm-hmm. did you enjoy? the book this time around what were your general thoughts I did enjoy it um I this is probably not a book that I ever would have reread on my mm-hmm. own though I do remember really liking it um the first time I read it it yeah. definitely like I mentioned earlier it I don't want to say it feels immature but it, it, it feels very different than what I normally read yes um but it is very cute and sweet. Lizzie and I were kind of texting back and forth as we were finishing it up today, being like, oh my god, this part is so cute, this part is so cute. Um, like we talked about last month in Funny You Should Ask, although, well, a little bit differently. This book, every chapter has kind of some intertextual text. It has either sections of a fan fiction that the main character is writing or excerpts of kind of this made-up novel Harry Potter knockoff. And let me tell you, I just didn't care about those. Um, <laughs> and I would have skipped yeah. them if I hadn't been listening to the audiobook and yeah. didn't know where to skip to. Um, I did skim quite a few of those. 
It and, is. you know, it's kind of funny. I was reading, while I was waiting for Lizzie to record tonight, I was reading through some of the one-star reviews for fun on Goodreads. And people <laughs> were mad about them. People were like, I don't give a- I don't care. They're like, get rid of that. And it is kind of funny. Another thing, sorry to go on and on, Lizzie. I'll let you talk in a moment. No, that's fine. Please. But this book does age itself. Or it tells its age. Yes, for sure. This book came out in 2013. Um, it's very much... It's a decade old. Happy it's a decade old. It very much tells that. Um, and like I said, the main character, whose name is Cather, Kath, and her twin sister's name is Ren. They're Catherine. It's so stupid. But, like, that's the point, is that it's stupid because their mom was stupid. Yes. Um... She's a, a huge fan slash fan fiction writer of this series called Simon Snow, which is like their universe is Harry Potter, except for it's not because Harry Potter does exist in that universe. So it's a little confusing. Right. And it's written by this author, this fake author, Gemma T. Leslie, mm-hmm. who the amount that she's saying all these super nice things about Gemma T. Leslie. And I'm like, this is a stand in for J.K. Rowling and it's uncomfortable. Right. Because then... Obviously, this was before yeah. we knew that J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling came out as a turf. Yeah. Um, I thought I really thought you were saying she came out as a turd. <laughs> she did that too. Well, that's and good. then another part that was weird was like there was like a whole chapter dedicated to how much she, the main character loves Kanye West, and I was like, Ugh. yeah, oh. yeah. I was like, yikes, because it's not even like. I mean, I get it. Kanye West is a good rapper, but, like, he's still effed up. Right. But, like, the main character's a white girl from Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. It's yep. like, girl! Rainbow Rowell, what? Yeah. So, I mean, th- those were my, like, kind of initial thoughts. We're like, it's good. It's for younger people. Right. It's from 2013. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, Lizzie? Um, so I agree. I don't think this is something that I would have picked up to reread without a reason. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, I am glad that I did reread it. Mm-hmm. However, as I was telling Hannah before we started recording, this book um, required or prompted a little more self-reflection uh, for myself than I thought was entirely necessary or... Uh, that it did make Lizzie me- cry. <laughs> I did cry a lot. Um, not... Largely not because of, like, what was actually happening in the book, because obvi- there are a couple, like, kind of scary, like, family health-related things in the book. Um, yeah, but, like, it's not a bad book. It's no, 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 no. Um, because you know we don't do sad books here. Um, it's part of our being delusional thing. Um, only happy endings. However, I was thinking about the first time I read this book. Um, and, you know, I was a freshman in high school reading this book about this girl who was a freshman in college And now, I am as far away from being a freshman in college now as I was then. 
but just on the other side of it. And that was a little too much for me to happily grapple with. Yeah. But I thought it was a very heartwarming sort of love letter to one, particularly like young people and young people who are involved in fandom. And I think mm-hmm. for those of you who were not on this part of the internet when this book came out, Rainbow Rowell is really good friends with, or I'm not sure if she still is, I'm going to assume, uh, with the Green Brothers, John and Hank Green. And on mm-hmm. their sort of part of the internet, which was a lot of authors and a lot of people making kind of like generally uplifting and sort of educational internet content, Um, Mm -hmm. the crossover between young people who were consuming their internet content and young people who were involved in internet fandoms, that was pretty much, the Venn diagram was a circle. For the most part. part. Um, And, like, obviously, this was the time period of The Fault in Our Stars, which we will not be reading on this podcast because we just said... No, sad books. Um, So it was, you know, in a similar vein. The people who were reading John Green's books were also reading this book. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I thought, although I did bump on the same stuff you were saying that aged the book, Mm -hmm. by and large, there was enough about the book that was like so positively nostalgic for me. Mm. that it was still enjoyable to read. And I do think it's interesting that Rainbow Rowell has now gone on. I thought the book she had published as, like, the accompaniment to this was supposed to be the, like, original Simon Snow books, but it's not. It's It's the fan fiction. fiction. Which I didn't realize until reading it this time around either, because I bought... her, you know, it came out later, and yeah. by that time, I'd forgotten that the fan fiction, not the original yeah. work, quote unquote, is called Carry On. So yeah. then, when the novel comes out and it's called Carry On, yes, which and- I bought it, I never read it, I will not be reading it, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't care about Simon and Baz, I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, I think it's very interesting. I don't know a ton about that book in particular. However, Mm -hmm. I was just looking um, on Rainbow Rowell's website to get, like, a little bit of info about her Mm -hmm. and Sora. And she has, like, a little part of her author website that's called Buy Book Merch. And it's through Mm -hmm. DFTBA Merch Company, which was created Mm -hmm. by John and Hank Green. Um, Where you could buy the Slumber Party Pod merch. Go now. I'm just kidding. We don't have merch. No. Not yet. Not yet. Um, But there is an extensive amount of merch that is, like, fan merch for the Carry On book. For the book that is the fan fiction. So there is an entire real-life fandom surrounding this published fake but now real fan fiction for this book series that doesn't exist. It's all very well, based on um the 
story that we got a glimpse of through fangirl you know i skimmed mm-hmm. also based on the cover art of fangirl and yes. the little excerpt or the little you know synopsis on carry on it's giving dumbledore and grindelwald <laughs> i'm very confused about what it's supposed to be um i think that they're meant to be like they're in the same class at, like, what's not Hogwarts, it's called... Water- Watford. 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 Like, Academy of Magic with a CK. And they're, like, one of them is maybe a vampire. That's not clear to me. But one of them is kind of evil, but, like, they end up being, like, roommates and, like, classmates. Um, and they're, like, not supposed to, like, be friends or get together, but they, like, get together. Or at least in the fan fiction, they get together. I think in the in the book, they just, like, are friends and straight. Yeah. It is... The and there's classic- a girl named Penelope. <laughs> it is the classic story of every fan fiction written about any fantasy series ever. Yeah, but one of them has blonde hair and one of them has Snape hair. Yeah. So, to me, it's giving... Dumbledore and Grindelwald. But I also haven't seen the the movie about Grindelwald, so I don't to me that's just the vibe. Yeah, the only thing worth seeing in that movie is uh what's space? The guy who plays Eddie Redmayne, Eddie Redmayne? hot brother. Nope. Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. Oh, Callum Turner. He oh, was- cousin Callum. He was going to be an honorable mention in our To All the Celebs I've Loved Before. You know what makes me uncomfortable when you talk this way about my relatives? Well, hey, man. We've had this conversation a lot of times. We have. You talk this way about your own cousin, Sophie Turner. Sophie. I do talk that way about cousin Sophie. And you know what? That's your... That's your prerogative. Did you see the video of the Jonas Brothers, like, when they were, like, getting their their stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and Nick and Kevin yeah. were like, my beautiful wife, and Joe was like, yo, Sophie. Yeah. He was like, Sophie. He's like, hey, Sophie. Hey, bro. Girl. Yeah, I love that. Funny. Hilarious. Okay. Anyway, let's get back to the novel at hand. The novel at hand. Um... Oh, hold on. I was gonna see if there was anything that we should say about the author. Oh. Yeah, well, I'll start while you're looking to say that I, this whole time, thought Rainbow Rowell was a man. Yes. I don't know why. I'm assuming it's, like, a stage name, like a pseudonym. Yes. Um, if not, were your parents hippies? Maybe. I had a professor whose first name was Spring, and she was like, yeah, my parents were hippies. Actually, her first name was Spring, and her middle name was Wind. Spring Wind last name? Like Davidson. She was like, my parents were hippies. It's alright. You know what's so fun? Um, I am really a big fan of the fact that um, sometimes people ask me about my middle name and I get to say, oh, I'm named after my grandpa. And they're always oh, very yeah. confused. Because my middle name is Carly. My grandpa's name mm-hmm. is Carl. Um, but I'll just be like, oh, I'm named after my grandpa. And they're like, your grandpa's name was Elizabeth? 
I was almost named after my grandpa, my middle name. And my dad said, hell no, because his name was Francis. I love the name Francis. And my gr- my other grandma on the other side of the family, like not his wife, is Francine. So my mom wanted me to be Hannah Francis. And my dad That's said, no. Cute. What the heck, dad? So I'm, so I'm Hannah Catherine. <laughs> you are Hannah Catherine. Alright, we're good. I thought I accidentally just knocked something into the abyss. And by the abyss, I mean the space between my bed and the wall. Mm -hmm. I like that you've propped up the fangirl book as if this is going to be recorded. Yeah, and it's sitting on carry-on to be tall enough. You are precariously perched on a crate of records and also a pile of dresses that I was going through that I have to hang back up. Girl, me? Yes, you. You don't even let me sit on your bed? <laughs> I normally do, but conveniently, there happened to be some things that were about eye level <laughs> today. So I thought that for so I thought I'd make you tall today. Anyway, what were you saying about Rainbow Rowell? <laughs> oh, I was going to read you her little bio. Rainbow Rowell's bio says... Rainbow Rowell writes all kinds of stuff. Sometimes she writes about adults, in parentheses, attachments and landline. Sometimes she writes about teenagers, Eleanor and Park and Fangirl. Sometimes, actually a lot of the time, she writes about lovesick vampires and guys with dragon wings, parentheses, the Simon Snow trilogy. Recently, she's been writing short stories. Her first collection, Scattered Showers, is out now. This is very interesting. She also writes the monthly She-Hulk comic for Marvel. T. Rainbow lives in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, which I didn't realize until just a second ago reading the jacket. And I was like, no wonder this whole book takes place in Nebraska. Do all of her books take place in Nebraska? I don't know. Does Elmore Park? I think they all take place in that general region. Shout out to Nebraska. Never been. Go Huskers. Shout out to the Omaha Zoo, one of my favorite zoos I've ever been to. Um, shout out to Nebraska. My mom was born on your Air Force Base. Rocking and rolling. And lived there till she was seven. <laughs> um. Shout out to Nebraska. I was not born in you. <laughs> Me neither. Shout out to Nebraska. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh god. I don't do we have listeners from Nebraska? I think we do, right? Let's find out. Actually, I haven't checked our location analytics. Oh, I have to do my You don't have anything new. Oh girl, well not this second, but No. Let me look. I'm I'm on our Instagram. Oh, we have Nebraska. Don't worry, don't worry. We have a new country. What? Portugal. No, we had that last time. Did we remember we had a whole thing about Portugal and we said obrigada, Portugal and then did yeah, we had a whole thing oh, about you're it. Absolutely and then we talked about how we'd never been to Portugal and we'd never been to Spain either. You're absolutely right. And you should say it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's not letting me look at the states. No, I told you. We have Nebraska. Okay, I trust you. <laughs> I'm looking at our map that we made. Uh, okay, what am I... Alright. Uh, do you want to... Hey... Tell us what this book is about. Um, I have to do the 60-second summary. You do. Queen, I went last time. 
You did not do the 60 second summary for Austin Land. I did. Uh, okay. So this book, Hold on. like I said. Am I counting you down or no? I don't remember. Is that what we're doing for books? Three, if you want. Two, one, whatever. Go. So this book is about Cather Avery and her, tw- she has a twin sister named Wren because their mother, who is a deadbeat and left them on 9-11-2001 when they were like seven years old, didn't know that she was going to have twins because she didn't even know she was going to have a kid. So she named them Cather and Wren instead of Catherine. And they're leaving for college and they're both nerds, but like Cather's like especially a nerd and they love Simon Snow, which is basically Harry Potter. And she writes tons of fan fiction. And she ends up with an upperclassman roommate somehow in the dorms, which I don't really get. And her upperclassman roommate's friend, who she thinks is her boyfriend, is named Levi. And she's so intimidated by them and, like, thinks they're too cool and scary, but ends up hanging out with them a lot, especially Levi. And then she, like, falls in love with Levi. And she is too busy working on her fan fiction, so she kind of, like, doesn't do that well in one of her classes and has to get over it. And is dealing with her relationship with her sister, who's too cool for her. And her dad has, like, bipolar disorder or something. So, like, there's that going on. And then, like, their mom comes back into their life for a second. And it makes her so angry that her twin sister is like entertaining a relationship with her and Cather's like I just love Simon Snow so much and then um she's trying to beat the release for like the final book it's giving Deathly Hallows like she has to release her fan fiction and then this kid like copy like plagiarizes her work and she plagiarizes someone else's work she turns in fan fiction as an assignment basically which like girl and then she like fights the professor on it like girl but then it's all okay. How much time do I have left? I feel like I'm going and going. You are going, but you're doing a great job, and this is all important information, so. Oh, okay. So, uh, I thought I was, like, just filling up time. Um, so, basically, Kath and Levi is, like, the main plot, besides, like, Kath and Simon Snow. And Kath, at first she thinks Levi is dating Reagan, her roommate, but she's not. And then she thinks, oh, well, they're just, like, like hooking up. And they're not. It turns out that they dated in high school, and now they're just, like, besties. They're high school. And Levi's really... Yeah, they're high school sweethearts, except for not because they broke up because Raven cheated. Raven. Reagan cheated on him a lot and stuff. And now they're just, like, friends, and he thinks Kath is cool, but, like, he kind of teases her, so she thinks that, like, he is, like, annoying. But then she reads her fanfiction to him, and they fall in love. Yeah. The end. And he works at Starbucks. He does work at Starbucks. And he's a farm boy. He is a farm From boy. Nebraska. Yes. Um, I would like to say I think that I didn't remember Levi as being such a likable character. Oh, see, I do. As soon as he showed up, I was like, I remember him. I think reading it this time, there were certain parts of the story that, like, I paid a lot more attention to. So, like, her relationship with her dad, I remember kind of being like, sure, like, this is important backstory, but, like, I really would like Mm -hmm. to just keep reading about her and Levi. Um, And also, something I did not remember as being as endearing and maybe I didn't think it was as endearing when I first read it her relationship with her roommate slash friend Reagan mm-hmm. I loved their relationship 
Because it was not, like, what you would call a traditionally very friendly (laughs) relationship. But, like, it is overwhelmingly evident how much Reagan cares about her. And she kind of, like, has a very sort of dry sense of humor that makes it sound like she is very much kind of um, begrudgingly sort of, like, helping Kath along. Because she's like, all right, naive little idiot 18-year-old, let's get our act together. Um, But I thought it was very sweet. And their relationship was like the... This... I had this thought while I was brushing my teeth this morning. I think this is one of the few YA novels from this time period... (laughs) That should have been adapted into a movie. Yeah, it probably could have been good. I think if they had done it, though, like, at this time period, even though the book is good, like, they still would have made every character so annoying. Well, that's true. But I think maybe if they made it now, I would love to, like, watch in a film setting, the relationship, the friendship between Kath and Reagan play out. Because I remembered when I first read this, thinking that Reagan was, like, a super, like, hard partier, like, that was kind of the vibe I thought they were trying to give her. Was, like, she was just so cool. When in reality, she is very much, like, a super average <laughs> college yeah. student. It is funny because she literally, she's like, oh, this is why I didn't want a freshman as a roommate. And it's like, girl, you're the one who's a junior living in the dorms. I know. And she said that she had to, but. Yeah. And it's like, girl, why are you surprised that you have a first year as a roommate? But yeah, in Kath fully, I did kind of see myself in Kath in like the way that she planned on eating only granola bars for the first three weeks of school because she just wasn't going to ask her roommate where the dining hall was. Yeah. (laughs) Although, to be fair, on our college campus, I think the only way to have not known where the dining hall was was to be well and truly... Helen Keller? I was going to say blind as a bat because... Yeah. There were... We had four buildings, approximately. (laughs) Yeah, and the building that Lizzie and I lived in our first year of college was, like, um, across the street from the dining hall. Like, probably 30 paces away. It, I would say it was 30 yards away. I counted. <laughs> but. And then the second, like, um, what's it called? Like, food uh, court was 30 paces away in the opposite direction. Yep, we were very centrally located. Although I thought it was yeah. interesting. Obviously, like, this is set at the University of Nebraska. Massive mm-hmm. school. Massive, yeah, massive, massive school. Um, I, like, when she was talking about the buildings, mm-hmm. like, when a scene would be set in one of the school buildings, um, I kept picturing the buildings from our school. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I was picturing our school, 
I, a lot of times in books, I find myself that I picture the same places and like, you know, like if they describe a bedroom, like I just imagine my bedroom. Yeah. But for this, I don't think I necessarily was. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird for their house in Omaha or Lincoln, Omaha, Omaha, where are they from? Oh, the school's in Lincoln. Their house in Omaha. I pictured the house. I don't want to say the house I grew up in because I only lived there about three years. The house that I lived in when I was, like, two to four years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) For some reason, I pictured that house, which is weird because I barely remember that house. Yeah. But it was, like, split-level kitchen upstairs. Yeah. And for some reason, I just pictured that. Yeah, I think... I I don't normally picture mm-hmm. places like characters houses as my house. Mm-hmm. I think one that's because I've lived in a lot of houses. <laughs> true, 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 true. And two, the house that I live in now is very unique structurally. True. And it's hard to imagine most characters living in this house. Mm-hmm. However, I think it also Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I the interiors of houses are normally some conglomeration I'm realizing of like the way a hallway was set up in one house I lived in, the way that like a kitchen living room situation was set up in yeah. another house that I lived in. So, I was, also realized recently that anytime I picture an apartment from yeah. something I'm reading, I picture my grandma's condo interesting that's very interesting it's the apartment i've spent the most time in i suppose that's true so it's so weird i literally realized as i was reading up (laughs) something on tumblr i was like why am i picturing the retirement community that's very funny it's so funny i just picture the layout like i don't picture the decor but well and it's so interesting Um, because like i said i there's a lot of kind of scenes, especially the first half of the book, that are set in their library. And I yes. kept picturing the basement oh, I, floor of the library that I, we had at our school. No, um, I did picture our library for that. The, but I don't think I pictured our school for anything else. Like, I didn't picture the dorms like ours, because our dorms were kind of shitty. No, I, and pictured, I pictured theirs the as a classroom as, like, the, one of the classrooms in the English building. And then I realized he, Levi, is, like, at the agriculture school. Um, yeah. And talks about, like, East Campus of the University of Nebraska at Lincoln is where the agricultural school is. Um, mm-hmm. And I realized as I was picturing that, because there's a part where they, like, ride the bus to go see mm-hmm. it. Obviously, our school did not have anything like that. No, our school was really small. But I was picturing them on the road in front of our first year dorm, getting on the bus, and then my brain swapped it to that bus driving them past the agricultural school at the University of Kentucky, where our friend goes. That's so funny. You can so them together. But then there are also a lot of parts where K 
half like goes home to Omaha for the weekend. And there are a couple mm-hmm. times when Levi drives her. And mm-hmm. the drive I was picturing them making was the drive that you have to take from the University of Kansas campus. Or not University of Kansas, but gross, sorry. Kansas State University in Manhattan, Kansas, through fields and farms to get to the Kansas State University football stadium. LOL. I love, I mean, aren't we all just a collection of the places we've been? My brain was just like, the Midwest? It can be Kansas. Yeah, true. That's fine. I, it's actually interesting that you bring that up. I'm going to kind of shift us a little bit. But when, you know, one of the times that Levi is driving Kath home, because she's a freshman, she doesn't have a car on campus. He's driving her home and it's really bad weather. It's like February, it's snowing, um, it's bad visibility, like it's slick. And I was thinking, oh my God, oh no, they're going to get in an accident. Yeah. They get in an accident here. I remember it. I remember that they get in an accident. And they don't. It turns out I was actually remembering a story that a psychology teacher of mine in high school had told us about a time that she got in an accident when her boyfriend was driving her. Ooh. And that, like, he swerved the car so, like, her side of the car wouldn't get the impact or something like that. Yeah. But I had put that in my mind. I was like, oh, my God, that's what Levi's about to do. He's about to turn the car so Kath doesn't get hit. He's going to get hit. That does not happen, y'all. Don't worry. They just drive nervously, and then they get to Omaha. No, they're fine. I um, yeah. I didn't remember that part. There were many parts of this that I did not remember. Um, This kind of goes without saying. Now there are spoilers. There's a yeah. part oh, yeah. where her dad gets hospitalized, and there's mm-hmm. a part where her sister gets hospitalized. Yeah. Her dad gets hospitalized because he has... He has, like, a manic episode? Yeah. At his place of work. Um, And Mm -hmm. Kath reveals to us that this has happened a few times before throughout her childhood. Um, But, like, his employer essentially brings him to the hospital when this happens. And then her sister gets um, hospitalized... Like, alcohol poisoning. alcohol poisoning. Um, And I remembered that the sister ended up in the hospital for some reason. But I think I got my wires crossed in terms of, like, I thought maybe she was the one who had an episode of some sort. Oh. I guess she did have an episode of some sort. Um, But I didn't realize that that happened twice. So when it happened, I I was like, oh, maybe I just forgot. And then the second one happened. I was like, oh, my God. Twice in one book. But. I didn't remember either of them, although when her sister's hospitalization happened and her mom is the one who, like, was called, so then calls Kath to be like, Ren is in hospital, and this is, like, her estranged mother. I That kind of came back to me, and I was like, oh, okay, I think I remember this. Because the whole time, for, like, two-thirds of the book, Kath finds out that, like, her mom has reached out to her dad, and then her mom has been, like, you know, her mom and Ren have been in contact, and Ren spent time with her, like, on Thanksgiving and Christmas, and Kath is so against it. Yeah. And 
I was like, oh, okay, this is coming back to me that, like, this is the point when, like, they have their confrontation and then the mom leaves. Laura, I think is her name, or Lauren. Yes, Laura, yep. Um, And I thought that that was, like, fine. I was so frustrated with her sister after yeah. her sister was hospitalized, which, I mean, I get. Like, I don't think it was an unrealistic portrayal of what happened. Basically, her sister is, like we said, hospitalized for alcohol poisoning. Um, and, you know, Rent, uh, Kath and her dad are so worried about her. And her dad is like, you have to come home for the rest of the semester. Like, you can't go back. And Kath's like, oh, my God, I was so worried. Like, you could have died. And her sister's like, no, I could not have. I was just drinking. And her dad's like, well, if you're going to go back to school, then you have to stop drinking. And you have to come home on the weekends. And you have to, you know, see a therapist. And she's like, no, I am not going to do that. I am not going to stop drinking. And I was like girl you're being so immature but like that was the point was that like she was being immature and it did hit a little close to home you're gonna cut that out lizzie i will cut it out yep (laughs) but it did like i was like girl she's like i'm fine you guys are overreacting and he was like oh my god but girl you did almost die yeah yeah you could have and i think Obviously, we wouldn't have known this going, (laughs) reading this the first time, uh, how young we were. Mm -hmm. But, like, I thought all in all, like, all of these characters, very believable to me as college students. Yeah, I think so as well. Like, no one was just randomly, obscenely wealthy. No No one was just, like... Yeah. Everyone seemed like... Yeah, I think you're right. I think Reagan and Levi did give a little bit more, like, I'm 24 or 25 than, like, I'm 20 or 21. Right. Um, but, like, maybe that's just left over from the first time I read this. Like, in when you're 14, you think people who are 21 are, like, old. Old. Yeah. Um. Decrepit. I don't know. I, I, I had trouble picturing them as someone younger than me. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, yeah, I don't think, you know, no one was obscenely wealthy, um. I wonder if that's just our residual... Yeah. ...hardwiring of picturing ourselves as the main character of every book we read. Yeah, or just residual leftover as, well, I read this book and Levi and Reagan are older than me, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah. But I thought it was wildly enjoyable, yeah, I did. I did like it. It was cute. Rainbow was Rainbow sweet. Rowell is so talented. Have you read any other Rainbow Rowell books? Because I have not. Yeah, I read Eleanor in Park. Um, I read. Have you read either of her adult novels? I have not. I have not. Although I would but be I'm kind of interested. I would say I would be interested in picking one up. Um, yeah. Now, because. Obviously, yeah. like we were I, saying, this isn't a this isn't a super short book. It's like four hundred and thirty. No, it's kind of long. Four hundred and thirty ish pages. Um, yeah. But obviously, Hannah Hannah had the audiobook, so she had a slightly different experience. But um, mm-hmm. I I really read through this a lot faster than I thought I was going to. So. Yeah, I liked it. I think I, I would be interested in reading another Rainbow Rowell, one of her adult ones, like Attachments or Landline, because I think what I, the things I didn't like about this book book were just like the YA-ish elements. 
Right, which, which was like, not a just, fault of the book. That's just yeah, no, it's just it's just not my preferred genre. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved it when it was a YA. Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, do you have any um extra uh other points that you wanted specifically to bring up about the book? Specifically about the book? Not really. Not really. I will say, in the context of Fangirl February, um, I did think it did a really, the book did a really nice job about, like, kind of, I don't know if being respectful is the right term, but kind of giving space to kind of the emotional aspects of people who are involved in fandom for so, so long. And, oh, I will say, at the end, like, the last scenes you get to see are... um, Oh, hold on. Sorry. 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 My headphones died. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, I can hear you. Okay. The last scenes you get are Kath and Ren um, reading the last of Kath's fanfiction, like the last chapter that she's posting. Um, and they're both super, super emotional because this has been a part of both of their lives for so long. And then yeah, the very last- They've been writing this specific fanfiction for two years. And then the very last, very, very last scene you get is Kath reading aloud to Levi the very last Simon Snow book. Mm-hmm. And I liked that it, you know, it didn't over-exaggerate, obviously, the emotional importance of something like that, but it also didn't belittle it because, like, you remember, like, in the thick of, like, a book series fandom you were a part of, like, waiting for the last book, or, like, getting finally getting to the last book with all of your friends. And, like, depending on how long you were waiting, sometimes we were late waiting for so long. For so long. And, especially and I, I also like regardless that. of age, but especially like when we were younger, that feels it genuinely is such a huge part of your development and your day to day experience that like the end of it does feel like a legitimately important end of something. I also really so. liked that Levi, especially, but most of the characters don't make fun of Kath for this. Right. Yeah. Levi is actually, like, almost weirdly into it, but, like, yeah. good for her. Good for them. Yeah. Um, there are, like, a few points where, like, you know, when she and Ren are kind of drifting apart, Ren kind of, like, makes some jabs about it. And then, you know, her roommate, like, thinks it's a little weird. She's like, girl, like, you got all these posters. But, like, <laughs> it's, you know, people aren't, like, you know, it's not something, like, mean Especially yeah. when it could have been, because literally all this girl wears are jeans, cardigans, and Simon Snow t-shirts. Yeah. And I get it. It was 2013. We, 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 it was different back then. We all wore Keep Calm and Carry On, which she wears a Keep Calm and Carry On shirt all the time. 
Um, it was different back then, but if you can just imagine someone wearing that outfit. I don't need to imagine it, Hannah. We were all on like, Tumblr. They could have been time. meaner, is all I can say. Well, right. And that was, I will say. I'm imagining her was... in Keds or combat boots with the look. Yeah, Converse something. I wear Converse with my dress. Yeah. Hello. Um, because I'm not but like, like a low top converse. Obviously. Um but one part I will say that I just found particularly adorable. So there's a part you find out that Levi has a really hard time reading. Like reading books. Um he's not good with like narratives. He doesn't have the, his attention span does not allow him to sit and, like, read a full book for class. And he's just generally, like, not, not super great at reading. He, like, listens to his professor's lectures. Like, he records them so that he doesn't have to, like, read notes and stuff. And, um... There's a part where he's supposed to read. He's taking a book on YA literature, which was just kind of a funny little meta homage, where he's supposed to read The Outsiders for a quiz. And Reagan, the roommate/slash ex-girlfriend, is supposed to help him. Um, and she's like not answering his calls or anything. And Kath stays up with him all night and reads him the entirety of The Outsiders. It was... Suddenly, I was transported to being 14 again, and I was like, this is the single cutest thing I've ever heard in my entire goddamn life. It was so very cute. Now, what did take me out a little bit was the fact that of the three of them, none of them had ever read The Outsiders before. And famously, every American seventh grader does read The Outsiders. We do. Maggie just read it. In English class. We've all done it. Maggie just read it. So well, I said, no in what America what are these people living in? Nebraska. Nebraska. But you know what? I call BS because I went to school in Kansas, which is right next door. And we read The Damn Outsiders. Yeah. And you I know was what? Like- we, read, we read The Damn Outsiders. The year before this came out. I was probably reading yeah. The Outsiders while Rainbow Rowell was writing this damn book. Yeah, me as well. Because every American 7th grader reads this, reads The Outsiders. So, I call BS. I call BS on that. Um, I'm trying to think of any more parts that like made me feel especially emotional there were a couple of parts that i was like oh i kind of wish i was like reading the physical book so i can make a note here yeah one of them i already said to lizzie off the pod as to not um you know put her on blast i feel like there was maybe another part like that (laughs) so it doesn't really matter if i can remember it now or not yeah like i said there were a few parts of um this book that were just a little too uh, a little too familiar for me. Thank you. A little you. too close to home. 
Which, speaking of too close to home, I thought I, w- I thought I said that about seven times in our last episode. I think I only said it twice. I was ready to edit it out so much. Me saying, the head's too close to home. Well, if it did, it did. Um, speaking of our last episode, I just want to let you all know that I did I'd have to edit out 12 minutes of me and Lizzie taking a BuzzFeed quiz. That we just did, like, like we were recording and we were like, should we take this BuzzFeed quiz about which Taylor Swift album are you based on, like, your favorite landmarks? Because that's what we did. <laughs> she got folklore, I got <laughs> fearless. That's true. And don't you forget it. And don't you forget it. We were but- too much. But it was fun. Um, so Hannah, let's talk a little bit about wrapping up Fangirl February, shall we? Yes. So, this is it. This is the end of Fangirl we February. We both got into new fandoms this uh, February. I was going to lead into that. I was going to do a slow It was lead. like the wormhole opened and we entered it. <laughs> no one could have anticipated this. No. This is the last thing I thought was gonna happen if anything i haven't I had really a new fandom thought, in a while if anything i really thought that thinking this much about fandoms in like a removed sort of objective context or as objective as you can be was going to perhaps disillusion me a bit from the whole concept i could never have expected this hannah You've already talked slightly about yeah. I am NCT. Um, NCT will always be famous in my heart. She's a K-pop girly now. Yeah, Stan Yuta Nakamoto. Go watch High and Low. I don't know what any of these words mean, (laughs) but I'm happy for you, nonetheless. Thank you. I tricked Lizzie into doing the two baddies dance earlier. I thought we were just perhaps doing a fun little pod dance. No. I didn't realize I was getting initiated into a cult. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. Anyway, so- we've talked enough about me. Lizzie, what was your new fandom? Uh, Y'all. I feel like a buffoon. So last summer, I read the first book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Moss. I read it all on July 4th of last year. I remember the date. Um, and I also remember because I didn't start drinking until much later in the day that I had anticipated because I was reading this book. <laughs> so, that was memorable for me. And I finished it and said, Sweet Lord, this book was so good. And I have heard... This is not even remotely the best book in the series. And I don't have the time or the emotional wherewithal right now to get invested in this series. So, like, uh, last week, me and my whole family were, like, rented a cabin. And we were there for the whole week with, like, all the extended family. It was very fun. And so I brought a biblical shit ton of books with me. 
including the second and third books in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Moss. And I read both of those books in a 36-hour period. That's 1,300 pages. I was going to say, those books are thickies. 1,300 pages. So first of all, applause, please, because I told you I was going to read bigger books this year. You did. And I have been. However, then I was in this cabin in the woods with no access to books four or five. My god. And so I started scheming and plotting, and it's all I thought about for the whole rest of the trip. I was playing Yahtzee. All I could think about <laughs> was the freaking night court. See, these, I am not these surprised. men in their damn bat wings. What? I was going to say, I'm not surprised because we all know how popular these books are. These are some of the, like, this is one of the most popular book series of the, of of the, the decade. Time. Now, I think one of the reasons that I haven't made the leap yet is because I know that they're, they are a romance, but they're also a fantasy. Yeah. And I'm, I like more realistic plot lines, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm going to have to do it. Every other 23 year old girl in the world has. So here's what I'm going to tell you. And you can choose, okay. well, I can choose to leave this in or cut it out. You can tell me if you want me to cut it out. Um, the fantasy elements of the books for me mm-hmm. were very, very approachable in almost, mm-hmm. like, I would consider this a, f- like, very easy entranceway point for someone who was not familiar with fantasy. See, and I remember you said that back in July. Because, like, I'm a I'm a high fantasy, like, I love it. I yeah, love, you're a Tolkien queen. I love the kind of complexity aspect of a lot of fantasy series. Um, and this does have a very, I think, a very well-created world. And the magical kind of backstories are, I don't want to say believable because that feels stupid, but like, they were very thorough. Um, however... I think it is laid out in a way that is close enough to how a lot of other very, very popular, like, fantasy and, like, magical realism books are structured that is almost instinctual. Like, if you're a person who has read anything of that genre before, like, it will feel familiar to you, and it's very easy to picture. So. Well, you know what I'm thinking? I have spring break in a couple weeks. Yeah. And I'm thinking, my aunt doesn't know this yet, but I think I might drive down to my aunt's house at the beach. Yeah. And maybe I would bring that book and try and read it that week. Yeah. Yeah, I think you definitely should. And I think, especially the first one, so much of it is still, this is not really spoilers, but a very large portion of that is still steeped in the human non-magical world. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah J. Moss, you're so smart for that, by the way. Having that be your entrance point to people into this fantasy world that you've created. It's giving the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. It is the wardrobe. We can't talk about Narnia this much in two weeks. So, I'm good. Okay. But I agree. Um, and with that, happy Fangirl February, y'all. It's been so real. It's been very fun. 
Unfortunately, we cannot give you a layout of March yet because we don't have it. Yeah. Um, because Lizzie was in the woods for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, we weren't it was communicating. In, not even in the woods for a full week, but that's all right. You were gone for so long. My texts were green for so long. It was six days. Um, <laughs> um, and so with that being said, we haven't pod meeting yet. But as soon as we have our info, as soon as we know our book club book. Well, we've already talked about next week's next month's book club. So we don't yeah. need to say that now anyway. But as soon as we have our little gimmick, yeah. if we have one, we'll let you all know. It might be a true smorgasbord month. Who knows? Yeah. And you know what? I have a few ideas. Oh. But I'll, I'll let Lizzie hear them later. Amazing intriguing even well hannah thanks for doing a podcast with me absolutely thanks for making me read this book otherwise i might not have read a book yes <laughs> excellent um everyone remember to go follow us on instagram at slumberparty.pod um if you read the book let us know what you think um yeah. probably in the comments of the instagram post that we have yeah um, that we'll have we love a dm this. um yeah This has been a very fun month. And don't worry, the fandom talk will not stop here. Yeah. Oh, and thank you actually to Lizzie for getting up our bonus Valentine's Day episode while in the woods. That was so fun. Um, I honestly, I was like, I I might not come. I might not get up. I forgot about that. Lizzie's gone. And it poof. It was so fun. That episode too. It was so much fun. And I have to say, making that little Instagram picture. It's so cute made me laugh so hard with the little cutout pictures of everyone that we it's so freaking cute everyone go to our instagram if not just to look at that i thought it was very funny also shout out to my boy tom holland i'm so sorry i did you dirty this is such a blurry photo of you you know what it's not subpar it's not the best photo of him but he's never taken a bad photo except for maybe the ones where it looks like he's a frog in his mouth which is many of them, to be fair. Yeah, but in this one, his mouth is open, so no frog. All right, Hannah, do you want to take us away? I will take it away. Thank you. This has been the Slumber Party Pod. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This episode has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. Bye!